when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Any idiot can say whatever they want, and they usually do, and they're negative. And all I see, to me, I've gotten to a point now when I see things like that, I feel sorry that those people feel that way, that their lives don't have the purpose, the passion, and the excitement and the enjoyment that some of us do. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sunbelt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. And as my, as the head football coach at South Carolina, my job is to do what I feel is best for the University of South Carolina football program today and going forward in the future. And that's what I did. We wish him well and uh, have nothing but uh, 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 we, we wish him well. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as sometimes, with my cousin Shane, the Tennessee Homer, who goes by Big Orange Vols on the Twitters. What are you up to, you big Tennessee Homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? All right, yeah, cracking them open, ready mm-hmm. for another spring preview. Man, how great was it last weekend, just... You know, I know that people like to shit on the spring games and all that, but uh, I'll take that over nothing because here in a couple, just a couple days, I mean, we're going to be in the in the dark, dark days of the offseason. I thought it was just <laughs> last Saturday was the closest we got to a game day in months. Absolutely, man. Do you know you know what's worse than spring games? Watching highlights of spring games three weeks later because there's <laughs> nothing on TV. <laughs> So uh, I loved it, man. I loved the live action. Obviously, you, you'd, you'd love the idea. I, I love that Gundy idea about playing other teams and stuff like that. But, you know, the, I think these teams, a lot of them did well and made it competitive, made it fun. And it was just good seeing them out there. Seeing some of this young talent, you you followed on 24-7. You're like, okay, man, let's the lights are on. Let's see what we got to work with. So we got to see some new young talent. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we did last week, and that's what Shane and I are – Going to do again on this one. We got four spring games to spiel about here coming up. But before we get to that, I uh, just wanted to announce, hey, they, they made it official, Shane. We talked about this a little while ago. I can't remember if it was a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago, but the NCAA has officially changed the overtime rules effective for next season. So, like I said, we've hit on this before, but if you don't remember or you missed that episode, Overtime now, if it goes into a second overtime, mm-hmm. teams have to go for two point after scoring a touchdown. So that used to be third overtime. They've bumped it up to the second overtime. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense, man. Now here's the biggest change though. If overtime goes into if we go to a third overtime, mm-hmm. they're changing it all up, brother. There's it just essentially goes to two point plays. So 
if we, if we go into third overtime, let's say it's Alabama LSU in the third overtime, then Alabama gets to attempt a two-point play, and then LSU gets to attempt a two-point play. And whoever scores and whoever doesn't, however long it takes, that's how they're going to decide these games. So that is official. That's what it's going to be moving forward. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. Um, hmm, I don't know, man. You know, <laughs> I, I know change sometimes is necessary, but I, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we had an, a complete game, hours and hours of football action, and then at the very end we're going to squeeze in two-point conversions instead of the the I don't know I'm just I'm not a huge fan of that because when it comes it's one play at least when you're in overtime now it's it's you have four opportunities to either move the change or get in the end zone uh, or maybe even more it just feels like I don't know all that emotion all that things tied up on on one play it's going to be it's going to be awesome it's going to be tense but uh, I'm not a huge fan of the the we we might as well we might as well do like the original XFL, man, and just throw the football, have one guy lay on his back and the other one lay on his back, and see who covers the damn football and let them win the game. That's what it feels like when you're talking about one-play scores. So uh, I, I'm not a not a huge fan, but this is – I mean, this has been coming. We knew it was going to be here, so I guess we just got to embrace it, man. Yeah, and, you know, I'm trying to make this clear because people are not getting it, but I agree with you. I don't necessarily like this change. But I'm throwing this out there that since the 2007 season, there's only been 61 games out of <laughs> 10,186 that have reached a third overtime. So mm-hmm. we're talking less than 1%. A half of 1%, 0.5% of games go that far. So I agree, don't really like this change. But at the end of the day, you know, let's not jump the gun here and say, Someone here, I'm going to give this guy a shout out because he had a, he's got a great name. Neelan's Nuts <laughs> says we're ruining college football over time. And, hey, I'm right there with him. I don't like this change, but I don't think it's really worth getting too upset about when it's not even 1% of games are going to the third overtime. You know what? Well, if it's not 1%, then why the hell change it? That I mean, we could argue that route. Or, better yet, I, I just – I know our luck, Mike. This is going to happen week two. <laughs> And there's going to be surrounded by a whole bunch of controversy for the next three weeks. And it's going to keep somebody out of the SEC championship. <laughs> so that's just what I feel like is going to happen here. But I may be wrong, but I'm with you. Sometimes change is good. I'm just I'm just not ready for it. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, buddy, before we get to uh, our spring previews here, man, we got mailbag, voicemail <laughs> questions here. We've been throwing that out to you guys to offer up some questions for the pod during the off season. You guys have really been coming through. And if you got a question for the pod, hit us up on the voicemail at 615-800-5683. You ready to uh, answer a couple questions here, buddy? Let's do it. Listen up. It's time for mail call. Don't have to answer that question. I'll answer you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? My turn. What do you got? Okay, here we go. What color is a fire truck? Oh, oh God, I always get these. Um, okay, uh, all right, fire truck. Fire truck, fire 
truck, fire truck, fire truck, what color are those red fire trucks? All right, I'm gonna just gonna go in order uh, that we've received these. And uh, first of all, he didn't give his name. He's he said he goes by Go Gators from North Dakota. Let's kick it over to his question. Hey guys, Go Gators from North Dakota. First of all, second of all, I want to ask, even though this is probably you know somewhat of a hot topic or is widely discussed, I want to know your guys's honest opinion on if Emory Jones can really fill Kyle Trask's shoes because I just don't know and I want to know what you guys think I know he plays differently so it's apples to oranges but what do you guys think go Gators <sighs> no and I'm going to tell you why Mike because Emory Jones had opportunities to win the, this job he had it when Franks was there he had it the following season. He had his opportunities. He could not beat either one of those quarterbacks out. So I'm I'm naturally expecting a little bit of a letdown, but not too much. And the reason is, if you think about what Dan has been able to do with every quarterback that starts for his teams, he gets the absolute most out. So I fully expect a little bit of a step back, a different, but I would expect a different style of play. But I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be a world of difference. I just think when you're talking about somebody that was in a race for the Heisman candidacy last year, and and now we've got Emory coming in, I just naturally we're going to have a little bit of a letdown, don't you think? Yeah, and here's kind of how I was prepared to answer this question, Shane. So Kyle Trask threw for a little over four thousand yards in just playing. You know, the 12 games mm -hmm. last season, 43 passing touchdowns, only five interceptions heading into the bowl game. I know he had a terrible bowl game, but 43 touchdowns, five interceptions. No, there's. I don't think there's any chance that Emory Jones matches that, given the fact that, you know, everything you just said, but also losing Kyle Pitts, losing Kadarius mm -hmm. Toney. And here's the thing now. I'm not trying to piss off Gator fans or our buddy here, Go Gators from North Dakota. I think the offense is going to be significantly different next season. And and I think, like you kind of said there, Dan Bullen, he's one of the best coaches in college football, maybe the best offensive mind in college football. And it's because exactly. he adapts to the personnel. He's mm -hmm. not going to ask Emory Jones to go out there and try to throw 4,000 yards, 43 touchdowns. He'd be crazy to do that. Kyle Trask was, you know, as great as he was. We were pumping him up all all offseason. We said he was the best quarterback in the SEC. I think you could say that was, you know, Mac Jones certainly got a, a case for that as the season played out. But Kyle Trask was right there. But he was kind of a statue back there in the, in the pocket. Whereas yeah. Emory Jones, a lot more of a runner. So here's what I'm looking for. If you want to maximize what Emory Jones can be, and I hate to just throw this on him because this guy's a legend in his own right, but look at what Dak Prescott did his first season as the starting quarterback at Mississippi State, threw for a little over 3,000 yards and had 986 rushing yards, 27 passing touchdowns, 14 rushing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm seeing from Emory Jones, and I think he can get, again, I'm not trying to compare him to the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys because that's, that's an unfair comparison, but I think if Emory Jones is going to break out, and he certainly can under Dan Mullen, that's what you're that's what you're hoping to get from Emory Jones, more of the dual threat action, 
But to ask him to, to do what Kyle Trask did with the weapons he had, I don't think that's realistic next season for the Gators. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think, I think the team will look different. And that's just the way Dan is. Dan looks at what he has talent-wise, and he gives those the best opportunities. I, th- I think Florida's got a sneaky, talented running back group. Mm-hmm. I would expect more running game. I would expect more play actions, a little bit different tempo than we saw last year uh, with the Florida offense. So, I mean, some people are going to see that as a regression, but I don't. I just think that Dan's going to play his cards different next year because he's got different talent out there. All right, Shay, we got another one from Brad. Once again, Brad from Kentucky. He's liking this so much, he's called in twice now. <laughs> and this time, the audio is a lot better. So let's kick it over to Brad from Kentucky. Hey, guys. Brad again. Uh, hopefully, you guys have a better time hearing me this time. I know last time I called, but you guys uh, were having a hard time hearing me. So I got a couple questions to ask you this time. First of all, where is uh, Cousin Shane? I haven't heard him in a while. Last time I heard that you guys were saying he got a PS5, so is he, is he gone forever now or something? Or what's going on with him? Because I know he's a volunteer, uh, and, well, as a Kentucky fan, I know volunteers, you know, they can be AWOL from time to time. So just wondering. Second question is uh, – and I, I know it might seem a little bit weird, but uh, I'm curious to know what you think. So very rarely do the SEC championship games, are they a rematch of a game that's been played during the season? I can think of only a handful of times where um, they've been a rematch. Uh, mainly, most recent ones that come to memory are the uh, few times that Georgia and Alabama have played in the season. Uh, what games that will take place during the season do you see as a high likelihood of being a repeat as an SEC championship game next season? For me personally, I would love to see Kentucky LSU go against each other twice. Uh, but I want to know what you guys think. So let me know. Uh, Go Cats. Bye. All right, Shane. So, once again, Brad, from Kentucky's question, which matchups you think potentially we could be seeing in the regular season rematched in the SEC championship game? Oh, well, first off, appreciate the question. And second off, that is a tough one, man. So, let's see. I think – man, that is a tough one. I'm probably going to go with – I don't know, third Saturday in October? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Tennessee and Alabama rematch? No, I'm messing with you. But I would stick with Alabama. Um, I think the Florida game Mm -hmm. uh, sits out kind of like a sore thumb. This is a a Florida team that can afford to lose that game. As long as they beat Georgia, they're right back in it. Um, That's one that I think would be interesting. Another one, Dark Horse, um, because – a lot of people aren't talking. I mean, there are people talking about them, but I don't know. I'm starting to get back on the bandwagon with them, and that's uh, LSU-Florida. Um, I think that's a game, you know, if LSU can somehow find a way to to pull it out in the West um, easily, I, I, I could see the Gators. All that 
all of it hinges on that that cocktail party, man. Mm-hmm. Well, Shane, you stole the top two from my list. That's why I got I had four games prepared here. I do like Brad's choice there, LSU at Kentucky. That's a wild card. Yeah, because I think a lot of people sleeping on Kentucky. So you know they got they still got to get over that Georgia Hill. I don't think anyone's going to be picking them to to win the East until they can prove they can beat Georgia, and they'll probably have to beat Florida to do that as well. So. LSU at Kentucky, that's number four on my list. You hit number one, I was going to say Alabama at Florida. Number two, Florida at LSU. And then how about this one, Shane? Wild, Another wild card, number three on my list. Texas A&M at Missouri. Mm. You know, we were sure sleeping on Missouri last year. And if they continue to progress, maybe that's a dangerous <laughs> team to watch in the East. And then, uh, you know, we can't discount Texas A&M. Hell, they... Should have went to the college football playoff last season. They're the only 9-1 and one team in the SEC. So the Aggies, they keep that momentum going. They're, they're going to make it to Atlanta sooner or later. And it's funny, you know, you, we didn't hear a lot of Georgia, and that's because Georgia doesn't play a lot of competitive teams in the West. I think that's mm-hmm. the big one. But a little sneaky bonus, I could probably see Georgia Clemson in the playoffs, maybe a rematch. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> we got one more. Like I said, man, these were piling up, and cousin Ollie came through with. You knew he was gonna he was gonna give us a <laughs> holler, and it was you knew it was gonna be a wild one, and this one was. So let's kick it over to cousin Ollie. He's got a question for us. And if you want to cut off the last of his uh, statement there, that's fine. I won't complain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 buddies! It's cousin Ollie up here outside of Lexington, Kentucky. I got a fun spring question to ask you. If you guys were to take all 14 of the current SEC coaches and you put them in like a free-for-all Royal Rumble type fight, who's going to be the coach that's the last man standing there at the end? One guy I can tell you for sure is not going to win is that wimpy, excuse-making Dan Mullen, and you can guarantee it that his wife would be the first one. She'd be right outside that ring trying to kiss the winner. You can guarantee that. If I was putting my money on it, I would uh, personally bet on Coach O or Sam Pittman. But I'd be interested to see what you got your take on it and uh, see if you see anybody using some sneaky tactics. You can I, you can guarantee that Lane Kiffin got some dust. He's ready to throw in somebody's eyes or something. But anyways, guys, I, I appreciate you. And go Cats. Tennessee sucks. See you guys. All right, Jade, so which SEC coach, last man standing in a battle royale? I actually went through and I went through all the coaches and got their ages. Do you you want that information? Yeah, that that would really help. Okay, I'm going to go Dan Mullins, 48. Okay. Lane Kiffin's 45. Josh Heupel's 43. Mike Leach is 60. Jimbo Fisher's 55. Eli Drinkwitz is 38. Mark Stoops is 53. Nick Saban, 69. Mm-hmm. Shane Beamer's 44. Sam Pittman's 59. Kirby Smart's 45. Ed Overgeron's 59. Brian Harson's 44. And finally, Clark Lee is 38 years old. All right, man. One second. Let's just include it. Let's talk to everybody here. Let me, let me check out. Okay. 
I'm checking out pictures of Brian Harson. I'm seeing, I'm sizing him up here. Oh, he's he's pretty. Uh, it looks like he definitely hits the weights. Well, see, that's the thing. Harson, Coach Lee, those are a couple sneaky ones. You're probably think you're not thinking much of. Uh, Coach Beamer, you know, he seems athletic. Uh, he could probably go the distance. When you're the big, the big one is like you know you talk about Dan. Uh, see, Dan's one of those guys that. I think about WCW days. He's got like a razor blade hiding in his speedos, you know. <laughs> he's like, he's going to definitely cheat a little bit. Um, so I could see him lasting longer than than expected. It wouldn't surprise me if he would be like a final four just because he kind of, you know, kind of snaked his way into that. Um, unfortunately, uh, Tennessee uh, Apple's is probably the first one tossed. I, I've looked at his – I mean – He's he's it's been a while since he's been quarterbacking, you know what I'm saying? So I uh, I'm going to I'm going to get him out. I love Coach O. Coach O's like the obvious pick. He's wild, the raging Cajun. You mm-hmm. see him running every day. Uh but I think the age is sneaking up on him, you know? Mm-hmm. Saban got a lot of experience one of those him and Stoops I think could really last uh quite a while. Uh but eventually, you know, it's like kind of like I think they'd be more like the island. Um, what's that island when you get voted off? Um, Survivor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Survivor. The, you know, those some of these those old heads. I, I think that they'd pack up and you know it's like, hey, let's form a team. <laughs> so they could probably make it to the final rounds, but oh, but we got to pick one, man. I well, mean, pirate. Let me ask you this because here's one that I wanted to bounce off you. We love Lane Kiffin. He's yeah, you know, one of the younger guys. He's very entertaining, but I've got him near the damn last of my list because he reminds me of the guy that talks all the shit. Yeah, uh, and, and then he, you know, because he doesn't want to fight you. You know what I mean? Like he try, <laughs> well, he try to be your best friend or get his buddies to kick your ass. You know what? Okay, so let's just, let's go through it here. I, I'm looking at Lane Kiffin the exact same way. Have you ever seen that old boxing match? Uh, those two guys are getting in and they're getting all pumped up, and then the one guy just quits. Like right before, just walks out of the ring. Have you ever seen that? Oh That's yeah. That's Lane. Mm-hmm. Lane's talking all this smack. He's, re- I mean, you've been, he's been all over the news. You know, got got the brand out there. But soon as it starts, he walks out. So I, I think Lane is one of the first ones out. I think Hopple's one of the first out. Let's see. I think, uh, I think Stoop Saban. Those, like I said, those two are going to hang out for a while. They're going to mm-hmm. work together. Um, but they're definitely not going to make it in the top six, top seven, somewhere around there. I just think Coach Lee's athleticism is – it it should – I think he's the best shape coach. So, obviously, he's going to go the distance. I could see him maybe second, third, something like that. But I'm telling you, man, I think it comes down to something like some sneaky Dan, Dan move and you weren't expecting it, all of a sudden the ref's occupied with something and somebody slides in a chair, you know? Like, all right. Well, let me ask you this, because that's kind of what I – I think he asked us about, uh, you know, who who would do, do one of these sneaky tactics. And I don't think Mike Leach is much of a fighter, to be honest with you, but yeah. he's a guy that knows how to – he'll outthink you, you know. Mm-hmm. He just reminds me of a guy that will – he'll set some kind of trap to where – maybe a net comes down and gets all the rest of the coaches and he's just sitting there kicking ass or something like that. So he, yeah. I think Mike Leach is, is the ultimate wild card in this one. Almost like he'd, he'd almost dare you to come after him to, and then he'll spring his trap on you somehow. Well, let me throw one out at you, man, because you got Sam floating over there with the cigar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> kind of like the king. 
comes down. He's got a he's got a lot of alliances you weren't thinking about. I think okay. Here's my final four. Let me do this. Okay, I'm going to get you down to the final four. I'm going to say Coach Lee mm-hmm. uh, and, and Coach Harson. I'm going to say just athleticism. I think Beamer gets tossed a little early. You know, he was he was strutting around and, and it caught him off guard. So I'm going to I'm going to get him out. So I think those two. I think um, I think Dan is number three, mm. and then Sam number four. So. That's that's my top four. I know you're saying, wait a minute, what about Coach O? Everybody loves Coach O, but I'm I'm afraid the pack got to him early. They knew they had to they had to deal with that source first. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those like when you walk into a room and you're mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, you punch the biggest guy in the face. I think that's Coach O, and I think he gets tossed a little early just because they're expecting. First year in, yeah, probably people weren't expecting, but they know what they got down there. So that's my four. And out of those, I think it comes down to Dan and Coach Lee. And um, I just think Dan gets them, man. I know it sounds crazy. I know you're not thinking about it, but we're talking Royal Rumble. We're talking wrestling. And if you've ever watched it, this, I've seen this play out a million times. There's some wild distraction. The ref's looking the other way, and all of a sudden, Dan's got his razor blade out, and he's cutting, or he's got the, this. That's I'm going with it. Dan. Dan wins this You know, there's one guy we've not mentioned, Shade, that uh, if you've seen him jump on the sidelines, you know he's probably got a nasty roundhouse kick in him. Oh, Kirby Smart, mm-hmm. what what do you think about that? I think <laughs> I could see him jumping over people. I could see him roundhousing a couple people. Eddie. Any consideration to Kirby? Well, I think Kirby's going to fall into that little Stoops Saban ring there, <laughs> and I that that's I still I think they last a little bit. They may be behind the one that gets Coach O out. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like, hey, we've got to do this, Saban. Let's attack, and they get rid of Coach O. But while they're doing it, some of the other guys take advantage of their. Uh, they're unathletic. Yeah, well, I don't know. He is pretty athletic. The more I think about, it. out of those three, he lasts the longest. Let's go with that one. And he's got I the think bi- he's got the biggest uh, holdback man in the in the SEC, if I'm not mistaken. So he's got some fight to him. Absolutely. And see, Sam Sam's not fighting this whole time. He's not. He's just instigating. But he's like, I don't know. He's almost like commentating the thing. And <laughs> and that's when then all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, we got to get him out of the ring. You know. So I think. I think that's what happens with Sam. You just you, you fall in love with him, and he sells you. And next thing you know, you're thinking, "Well, oh, he's not a ref. He he's somebody we got to throw out." So, I think Sam sticks around to the very end to the top four. So that's my list, man. I think I, I know that makes. I agree with a lot of what you said, but I got to go, Clark Lee. If you're a walk-on fullback, you know you got. <laughs> I can't imagine I the fight he's got in him. So he's he's tied with uh, Drinkwitz being the youngest, and yeah, I I think he's a he's a wild card that. Uh, a lot of people won't be expecting. Oh, I didn't think about Eli. You know, Eli's conniving. Mm-hmm. Eli could have, you know, he he may have planned something there at the States like he's been thinking about for three weeks, and we didn't know it, you know, and the turnbuckle, he's got something over there. He may, he may last a little while, too, so I don't know. That'd be, that'd be entertaining. But pure athleticism, yeah, I'm going to go with Coach Lee on this one, but I just think if we're talking wrestling and, and Royal Rumble, I've, I've seen so many, and I've seen how they end, and, and – Somebody like Dan usually comes on. Like, he would be a, a high favor for me if uh, Vegas was involved. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, Shane, we spilled on long enough, but uh you ready to preview some spring games? <laughs> yeah, man. Man, I appreciate the questions. I didn't I, – I, I had not given that one thought at all. So, I know everybody <laughs> else has got their opinion, so be sure to let us know on Twitter how wrong I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got – 
four games to preview here, so let's get to the action. All right, let's do it. Now let's go around the league. My, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should we should mix those games up and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. At Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey, guys! Hey! I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you! All right, Shane, starting here in Columbia. This game, right before we uh, hopped on the line here, they actually moved it to Sunday, so... We've only got uh, hmm. three games on Saturday and one on Sunday. So for people like myself who like watching all these games, it kind of helps out. But uh, they did it because thunderstorms expected in the area. So a lot better weather on Sunday. But what are you going to be having your eye on when the Gamecocks open the Shane Beamer era down there in Columbia this weekend on Sunday? Mm. Uh, for starters, fan support. Aren't they going to just open up the doors? I don't think there's any restrictions, right? Uh, well, there was, uh, I think it was around 9,000 and they opened it up to 15,000. Okay. So I think it's still a little bit of a restrictions, but, uh, I don't know if they're expecting any more than 15,000 or not. And, you know, changing the dates probably not going to help that either. Well, I thought there weren't going to be any restrictions. So my, I just, I don't know. I'm seeing, a, I'm seeing a lot of support being online. So I want to, I want to hope I'm hoping that uh that there's a lot of folks that are out there uh seeing these kids i mean this is a this is a new regime i i mean when you talk about what to look for i mean everything man this from offense to defense to to coaching discipline to to, to players i, I want to see them all is uh marshawn gonna get the play or are they kind of keeping him uh uh at bay do you know yeah i think they're gonna the plan is to hold him out because you know it's not worth risking him but as far as I know, he he's pretty he's good to go. But they're just, uh, you know, you, you can't risk let losing me, a guy me, like that. You know what? Let me be honest. You're asking me what I want to see. I don't care if he's doing cone drills. I'm watching Marshawn <laughs> on the entire time, man. <laughs> but I, I still think I love Tank and all. But man, I think he's a sneaky. He could be one of the greatest backs in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, speaking of those running backs. Clearly, Marshawn Lloyd, Kevin Harris, I think, is uh, not going to play either. So what do they have in Zacondre White, the third-string running back, where, you know, he may, he's probably not going to be a superstar this year just because of the star power they got at that running back position. But, you know, we as we found out, unfortunately, last year, running back depth in a heartbeat, you could need these guys. So what do they have behind Marshawn Lloyd and Kevin Harris? I think it's going to be White, so we got to watch out for that. And the main thing I'll be having my eye on, Shane, so they keep hyping up this offense as essentially what they were running at uh, LSU when they won the national championship, what they're running now at the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. If they're going to run that effectively, they got to have the receivers. So who's stepping up there? Is it going to be, you know, I keep hearing good things about to carry on Joyner, the former quarterback that's been playing receiver now for going on, I believe this will be a second season at the receiver position. 
Jalen Brooks, the, the transfer last year that, you know, he didn't really live up to the preseason hype, but hell, he just got there and he was coming from a small school. So how's he look in year two? And then don't forget they signed that uh, six foot seven St. Francis receiver, EJ Jenkins. Want to see how he looks in this offense? And then one guy I've not heard very much anything about, but I'm excited to see him in this new offense is uh, Mike Wyman. He's a four-star receiver they signed out of North Carolina, I believe, uh, during mm-hmm. the 2020 recruiting cycle. So does he step up? Does he become, you know, a key contributor on this offense? And uh, in addition to EJ Jenkins, they also signed his teammate, the quarterback Jason Brown, who was at St. Francis. So what do they have in that guy? Does he have any potential down the road? I know it, it sounds like it's just going to be a Luke Doty show down there at South Carolina, but kind of interested to see what's behind Luke Doty. Because uh, if obviously if you go into the SEC season with only one established quarterback, you could be in trouble before you know it. Yeah, no, I'm, I I agree with all those points right there. So I, I what 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 time is this one? Come on, uh, this will be at uh, two Eastern on Sunday. Uh, is it just alternate like the other ones? Anybody get the did anybody get the <laughs> Alabama treatment this weekend? Now listen <laughs> to this, Shade. So ESPN they came out this week and said. Well, my God, this Alabama spring game we we just aired was the most watched spring game since 2016, and then they said that's the only one we're going to air. So I mean, it's like who the, who the hell's running this program? <laughs> you know, I mean, golly, they need to throw all well, these on there. They're so dumb. I mean, I, I I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love college football. I love what ESPN has been doing as far as sports videos, but. But man, they're they're missing out here. They th- this should be aired, and they should time it so everybody would have the opportunity to watch. You know, just even if you watch the first like one hour, so stagger it so it's not all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have no idea what the hell they're thinking on that one. No, me either. All right, Shane. So let's kick it back to uh, Saturday's action: Tennessee balls, the orange and white game. As the Tennessee homer, what will you be having your eyes on, Josh Heupel's? First spring on Rocky Top. Well, uh, see who dresses out or who leaves halfway through the damn thing, I guess. <laughs> oh, man, close that portal down already, Mike. Um, I want to see uh, – I obviously, man, I want to see some points scored. I'm just uh, – going the last few years has been kind of frustrating knowing we've had some talent. we still got talent, man. We've got some young – athletic fast receivers we've got a question marks at quarterback but you know i it doesn't need to linger for three years like it did with uh with pruitt this thing needs to just be hammered out and ready to go so at the end of spring we're like okay that's my quarterback this is what the offense is going to look like so um that's that's the new one obviously a lot of new faces uh i'm looking forward to but i just i just want to see I want to see how explosive this offense is going to be, or if at all. Uh, I mean, I've heard mix. I've heard they've been having trouble getting the damn ball moving, so we may have a lot of three and outs. But mm-hmm. at least I want to see what uh, what the offense is going to do. Yeah, and definitely, you know, the main issue is, uh, or the, or the main key to this game, everyone's going to be talking about the quarterbacks, and I think they've got some real potential there with uh, Hendon Hooker and Harrison Bailey in this new offense. So we'll see how those guys look, but more in depth. I mean, I I need to see who they're going to roll out on the offensive line and at what positions because I think they've got a lot of 
depth on that offensive line and, and talent, but I need to see how those guys are coming along in this offense because, you know, just because you were a touted recruit for a different system, I mean, this is night and day different what they're going to be asking the offensive line. So uh, they may have to be a little bit more trimmed down, a little bit more uh, able to run the field and, and not be as stout. So I'm going to really have my eye on the offensive line. And then kind of like South Carolina, I mean, this offense is not going to be effective if they don't have the receivers. Mm-hmm. And which receivers are ready to stand out on this thing? Because there's plenty of candidates, but I don't know. It, it seems like a lot of the receivers Tennessee signed over the years have not panned out. So who is going to take over in this offense? I need to see that. It, I keep hearing rave reviews about Jabari Small, the running back. So I want to see if he lo- has the look of a legitimate number one running back. And then probably the biggest issue on the roster, linebackers. Do we got enough linebackers to field a a damn defense? (laughs) So I'm going to see who they roll out at linebacker and how those guys look because they're they're touting up walk-ons as, uh, you know, being the star linebackers so far in spring camp. And that kind of tells you all you need to know about Tennessee's defense right now. Yeah, I'm a little worried about how hard they're still recruiting quarterback transfers. That's not a good sign going into <laughs> the end of camp here. You know what I'm saying? So maybe we need to see what this punter can do too, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next, uh, Shane, another Saturday spring game here. Let's jump it on down to College Station. Gigamag. Where the Aggies, you know, they're hoping to finally dethrone Alabama, make it to Atlanta, win the SEC West for the first time in program history. What will you have your eye on when the Aggies take the field on Saturday? Well, I mean, Mike, you're the insider. I'm, I'm the fanboy here, and, and it's been a while since we've seen this offense ran without Kellen Mond. So, mm-hmm. clearly, I, I mean, the quarterback, just how how does the quarterback look? Uh, how the receivers look? Do they have a tight end? Uh, I mean, there's there's – there's a lot of young talent on Texas A&M, so I guess I just want to see uh, who who emerges. What I but if you if you really think when I think Texas A&M right now, Mike, I think about that fantastic running back group. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think they may have they they have a case uh, of of saying they've got the best running back in the country, running backs in the country, and uh, but all that starts up front, man. We got a whole new offensive line, so. If they can't make the holes for these boys, you know, A&M could be in trouble. Now, they've got talent, but I want to see, you know, are they are they ahead of the game? Because these boys got to hit the ground running. Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, one of these spring, you know, I don't want to call it a double-edged sword here, but I want to see if uh, this defense lives up to the hype and the, and the defensive front that I've been hearing so much good stuff about. Will they take control of this game? I think you, you kind of want that if you're A&M, but at the same time, you just hit on – you know, the, the turnover on the offensive line, replacing four or five on the offensive line. So you don't really want your offensive line to be getting their ass whooped all Saturday, but yeah. that'd give you confidence in the defense. So I really want to see if this offensive line can hold their own against uh, what looks to be one of the best defensive lines coming back in the SEC. You talk about tight end uh, here right before we recorded. Jimbo basically said they're, you know, Weidemeyer's already out for the spring due to his uh, hand injury, and then I really Mm -hmm. wanted to see Baylor Cup in this thing. He was the former number one overall tight end prospect that he missed the last two seasons due to injury. I was, He was the guy I had circled as the one I wanted to watch the most. Jimbo says, yep, we're holding him out too. So it's like, oh, man. So (laughs) 
won't be seeing a lot from the tight end position, but clearly the, the biggest storyline in this offseason, Hayes King, is he ready to step up and replace Kellen Amon? Jimbo Fisher asked a ton of his quarterback. So, you know, how does this offense look with the with a quarterback that has seen the field but never started a game, never been the guy, the big man on campus? Now he's going to be asked to do that if he even wins a job. I, you know, it's it's not a foregone conclusion that he's even going to win the job. So, uh, mm-hmm. how how does he look in the first opportunity in front of these fans to potentially be the man at Texas A&M? Because they got all the pieces around him for him to have a huge they season, uh, but it's on him. So do you think I, there's do you think there's more pressure on Jimbo this year than there was last? Um, I mean Alabama was what they were, but we had I mean we had COVID and everything like that. It just mm-hmm. I don't know, man. A and M's loaded. A and M's got some damn talent. They're young, but you know we've been saying that for the last couple of years. It's like now's the time, right? Now's the time they're competing with Alabama, right? Yeah, and now the roster's essentially all guys he's recruited. Yeah. And we just had a hell of a season that, uh, you know, that's not going to decrease expectations. So I, I see what you're saying. I'll answer it like this. If they have some kind of setback, and not saying that they will, but if they have a setback, mm-hmm. then I think he's going to be facing some tough questions to say, well, why are we're going in the wrong direction. We, we're supposed to be, you know, on the up and up. Why are we taking a step back? But – Hey man, that's life in the SEC West because it, it's just going to be a gauntlet this year. Well, okay. Let me ask you though: if, if Hayes Kings comes out and we're watching his spring game when, and he just looks great, mm-hmm. we know the defense is good. We we know the offense has got some serious talent. And, and if Hay and King comes out and just looks the part, do you think that adds pressure? Because it's one thing if he comes out and he struggles a little bit, and which we kind of expect him to do. But if he comes out and he looks as good as, if not better, than Kellen Mond, then, I mean, don't you think that would add – because that's the only that's the only thing that I think right now is you're like, well, you know, we got to be a little patient because he's breaking in a new quarterback. But, you know, he had an opportunity to, to win the job last year. So Right, yeah. And here's uh, the first five games of the season for the Aggies, Shane. Kent State. Mm-hmm. Colorado. That's in Denver, but still, it's uh, Colorado. Uh, New Mexico, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. Now, I'm not saying Texas A&M is going to just whip all those teams, but you got to figure they're going to be uh, either a heavy favorite or a slight favorite in all those games. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm kind of getting on board with what you're saying here because I think the expectation is for Texas A&M to be five and zero when Alabama rolls into town October 9th, and if they're not. Mm-hmm. There's there's probably going to be, you know, some I don't want to say upset fans, but some disappointed fans. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. Especially donors. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final spring game to get to Shane here. Let's hop on down to Oxford. Auditorio, miss. Where they're promising a damn party like you never seen before. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the video. They put out a really weird video that. Reminded me of old Arkansas Chad Morris Club Dub out there. It was, it was kind of awkward here, but uh, they got a ton of recruits coming in. It's supposed to be yeah. a, an incredible atmosphere on the Grove this weekend for the Grove Bowl. So, what will you be looking at, out for? Ole Miss takes the field. This is going to be your first sign of college football right here, Mike. Yeah, I just think this place is going to be going 
absolutely crazy. I, I think the fan support, they're on cloud nine. They know they got something special down there. Uh, I think this place is packed. I think the Grove is packed. I think this is, like I said, it's just it's just going to give you a, a glimpse of what 2021 college football is going to look like. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about that. So now as far as the players, we kind of know what we're working with here, man. And this offense was electric last year. Did they take another step forward this year? Um, does the defense, have, does it have the ability to slow down their own offense? That I guess that's what you're looking at. Uh, does quarterback make better decisive decisions out there? I, I mean, you could go on and on. I just, this is one, similar to, to, to the Tennessee argument. I just want to see some points scored. So when they come out, have fun because you are going to have a lot of recruits there and uh, it's probably going to be the most electric environment this weekend. Yeah, no restrictions in Oxford. So, no, man, I want to see this entire Vod Hemingway packed to the gills. I hope the fans Absolutely. show up and, and can make that happen. But, yeah, you hit on it there. I think the biggest thing for me, want to see that defense. How, What are the strides that they've been able to make this offseason and this spring? Because that's what's holding them back from being a true contender in the SEC. You know, they don't have to be dominant. I'm not saying that, but – they got to be able to stop somebody. And yeah, at times last year, they were just not capable of, of doing it. So what progress has made on that side of the ball? They got 15 new early enrollees. So I want to see, you know, which of those guys look like they can contribute right away because uh, Ole Miss is going to need those guys potentially in the two deep to, to come in here and mm-hmm. make an impact right away because they're expecting big things in Oxford. You know, it's kind of like you were saying with Texas A&M. I mean, these fans are are fully expecting the Rebels to be back, you know, right away. So they're going to need a lot of these young guys to contribute if that's going to happen. And then, uh, you know, they've got some talented quarterbacks here behind Matt Corral. So I want to see what do they have at the backup quarterback position uh, because we all know what we're getting in Matt Corral. You're not going to learn much from him. He was so good last season in the spring game. Who knows how much he even plays in this game, but – Want to see what they got behind him. And I think we, we might get a all-time record set here, Shane, with trick plays. I'm anticipating <laughs> about 10 trick plays in this one. And I, that'll just go with the theme of the party and just having a good time down there. So this is uh, probably going to be the most wild and interesting spring game that we get this year. You know what? Exactly. Don't be surprised at the first play the left tackle throws for a 40-yard touchdown. <laughs> so that's – I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get. As long as they're having fun, I think that's all that matters, stays healthy. But I, I'm with you on that. On the defensive talk, I, it's, it's not that you need your ones to be great. You really don't. What they need is competitive depth. They need to be able to rotate these guys at the end of the games – because a lot of times last year, that's what happened. They just ran out of fuel. So they did that because they just weren't deep enough. So do they fill those that those gaps? So the, you see the third team, the fourth team out there, that's that's what matters with a team like Ole Miss because that offense is going to be out there. For, you know, they're going to score in two minutes or they're going to be off the field in 50 seconds. So <laughs> you've got to have some damn depth on the defensive front especially. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, buddy. uh Man, I can't wait for this weekend. This will be the final weekend of SEC action, spring games, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, You got anything else before we hop off the line? Hell yeah. 
I got some reviews. Uh-oh. Mike? I want to tell you what, brother. I appreciate jumping on here. I appreciate all the hard work you did. I, but I appreciate the work that these guys have done as well. These five-star reviews, they really do help us out on uh, iTunes especially. Um, and I'd like to take just a few seconds to read some of them. I'm going all the way back to March 7th here with Alex C229. Cool name. Thanks. Five star. Good day, gentlemen. First time listener. And I must say I enjoy it and will continue to listen. Great content. Well, Alex C, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Next one comes from BJ975. <laughs> <laughs> Charging too much uh, there, BJ. Yeah, God. Five star. Love the podcast. And maybe do some beer reviews. BJ, that's a great idea. We've done that in the past. And uh uh I Mike, I'm game, man. Uh I've been I've been obviously I'm a I'm a course, I'm a silver bullet guy, but uh I'm thinking about trying a few more beers. What do you say? Yeah, I mean I'm always down to drink some beers. <laughs> <laughs> Mike does the fancy beers, man. I just, I'm a simple man. Uh, I, I, it's, it, it rotates between that one and, uh, well, I guess I could drink other ones. I, all right, we'll start doing that, man. Especially when football season gets around here. I'm getting thirsty now, Mike. Next one comes from Blake Birchfield. Rotide, five star. I just listened for the first time and I really enjoyed it. I'm really excited to hear more of them leading into the spring football year and into the fall. Well, Blake Birchfield, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Blake. Next one comes from Mizzou Andy. Love it. Five star. Love the pod. These two know their stuff. The thing I like most is that they listen to these two. Have, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the only problem is one of them can read. The uh, thing I like the most is that listening these two like having a football conversation with a good friend. M-I-Z. Well, Mizzou, Andy, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Andy. All right, next one comes from Jimmy in Athens. That SEC podcast, five star. They are great, even when Shane goes off on a drunk. Five star. <laughs> <laughs> Is that my uncle? No, Jimmy, <laughs> I appreciate you. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> All right, next one comes from Joey Ballgame69. These guys are great. Five star. Just a bunch of guys being dudes. Well, Joey, I appreciate you. Yeah, it's a good one. Thanks, Joey. Next one comes from Musician. Musician? Is that how you say that? Mus- music? Musician. Music. Oh, man. All right. Beer's kicking in, Mike. Fantastic pod. Five star. Love the podcast. Honest SEC football coverage in great detail. True highlight of my way to work. LSU fan through and through. Well, musician, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, musician. Man, that is a tough word if you slow it down and think about it, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Next one comes from Rowdy Dog 35. Rowdy Dog 35, five star. I love the show. Really funny. And these guys crack me up every day. Could I get a UGA koozie? Absolutely. Yeah. You got to send, uh, you know, your mailing address there to that SEC podcast at gmail.com. That goes for the, all of you. If you want that beer koozie, need a mailing address. Happy to send that to you. Rowdy dog. Absolutely. I hope to see some at the spring game. Next one comes from Scotty boy three, a couple of good old boys, five star. These guys bring a down to earth approach while providing excellent content. Don't hold their Tennessee fandom against them. Well, Scotty boy, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Scotty boy. 
Next one comes from Vandy United 2021. New Vanderbilt, what? Five star. Really excited to hear the news and your thoughts on Vanderbilt's new commitment to their football team. New AD, new coach, $300 million for a new facility. I agree, a sleeping giant. And not to mention, man, we got the coach winning in the Royal Rumble, where I had him in second, <laughs> but you had him winning. Well, Vandy United, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Vandy. Now, don't get me wrong, man. I hope that sleeping giant stays asleep. <laughs> Last thing I need is to worry about Vanderbilt taking football serious, but that's what it looks like they're doing. So I'm I, I'm joking because I know it's important for their fans. Next one comes from Kay Mason, average wife who loves the pod. Five star. Hey, buddy. <laughs> I'm just an average wife trying to keep up with the football talk, and I absolutely love this podcast. I started listening to college football pods about two years ago and stumbled upon that SEC podcast, and I haven't turned back. It's number one in my book, and I tell as many people who will listen to me to talk about it. My husband is always trying to tell me SEC football news, and I constantly beat him to it or say, yeah, I already heard that on the pod. It's truly so satisfying and surprises so many when I can actually contribute to the conversation. One can only hope that we run into y'all in Athens someday. I'll be looking for Cousin Shane in the buffet line at the tailgate. I'm having a baby soon, and you better believe that baby boy probably knows y'all's voice already. He'll be a fan before too long. Y'all crack me up, and I can't wait for Georgia's national championship season to start, but I've always been saying that for years. Thanks for my commute fun and informative. Go dogs. Well, Kay Mason, I appreciate that review. I, I, I wish you nothing but the best uh, with the baby there. And I tell you, man, Mike, you know I've said it a million times. Athens was one of the, my favorite places to drink when we went down there. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I could run into some fans down there. And, Mike, this could be the year, man. I know they've been saying that since the 80s, but I think this one could be a good shot for them Georgia Bulldogs. Mason, I appreciate you. Yeah, from what I remember, you rode the hell out of that damn bulldog statue down there, so. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. Oh, good fans down there. Next one comes from Poker is the <laughs> cool name. Best SEC podcast five star. I listen every morning and every day. The guys are out there with great content. It is good to be able to keep up with what's going on in the SEC and all in one place. Well, Poker is the shit. I appreciate you. Hey, thanks, Poker. Next one comes from M. Montgomery, 55. Great show, five star. We catch all of your episodes each a.m. on the ride to the office. Keep it up. Go Gators, Michael. Hey, Mike, is that you? I'm just kidding. That's the, appreciate you, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Michael. All right, next one. Last one. This one comes from Vol Steak. All Vol Five Star. Y'all do a great job on your podcast. Go Vols from Morristown, Tennessee. Vol Steak, I was just there, and I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Vol Steak. Appreciate that. We appreciate each and every one of those reviews. And if you haven't already, give us one of them, and we'll send you that beer koozie free of charge. Once again, all you got to do is email that information to thatsecpodcast at gmail.com. Happy to send it out. But, uh, man, I'm just ready for the, another weekend of SEC action. You know, going into the weekend strong, buddy. How about you? Hell yeah, man. I'm ready. Uh, there's no spring games after this, right? This is it. This is it. This is it. So, if you know, if your team's already played, I, I hate that for you. But 
you know, there's a few of us. This is the last little bit of action we're going to get for a while. I mean, next time we talk football serious, other than the the draft, which uh, we're going to have some stuff coming up for the NFL draft. But after that, man, what is it? When the coaches meet down there in uh, – well, I don't know if they're meeting online this year or not. Where are they meeting? Yeah, uh, they, Are they, they going down to Alabama? No, yeah, SEC media days. So that's, uh, that's the plan in mid-July. Okay, so think about that, guys. It's it's right now the 22nd of April. So sponge it up. Uh, after this, we've got the draft, and it's going to be the drought. List season is right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to do it, Chamber. We're pushing an hour here. So uh, I really appreciate you hopping on the line here, and I appreciate everybody staying with us all throughout college football season, the off season, and and now heading into the summer. So that's going to do it for this one. Catch you all the next one. Yeah, that's going to, that's definitely going to do it for this one, guys. I appreciate <laughs> you guys. <laughs> oh, I'll see you guys. Go balls.